Welcome to Passion Life Church. I've been praying uh, this last couple of weeks about this, this new direction of where we're headed as a church. And, you know, it's a great day to be in church. I'm going to tell you why. Today's the first day of the new year. It's the first day of the month. It's actually the first day of the week, and you chose to spend the first in God's house. So I want you to give yourself a great round of applause because we're going to learn today that what we do first matters. What we do first matters. You know, I've entitled today The Power of Priority. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And in these last couple of weeks, I've been praying and I, I try to just see what God and where he wants us, what direction as a church that he would want us to, to take. And, and, and to be honest with you, it's something that I believe he's laid on my heart, not only for our church, but just for me uh, personally. I, I've just been having this stirring in my heart that I believe that 2023 is, is going to be a year like, like no other. Um, now, I've had some really good years. How many of you would say you've had some good years? I mean, you, you've had good years. Come on, put your hand up in the air. It's just, yeah, you've had good years. I mean, we've had good years. And I want you to hear my heart on this because I'm so grateful for good years. I, I, oh, man, they're better than bad years. And I've had some bad years. Anybody had some bad years? We've had some bad years. I'm grateful for that. But you know what? In my heart of hearts, if God says to us that he has an abundant, full life that he has for you and I, I don't want to settle for just good years. I want to make decisions, and, and, uh, and I want my decisions to be driven by what's best, not just what's good. You know, I don't want to be driven this year by just the immediate and the urgent all the time. Just the circumstance, just the situation, always just moving. And so here's what I believe that God has laid on my heart, and I hope maybe this will resonate with you. I feel like the Lord told me that this is going to be the year that if we will really know him, we will have a total transformational year. Now, let me just say this, because this is not for everybody. Some people just don't want to change and I'll pray for you. You need to know that. But that's not me. Some of you, you want little change. And, and good, I, I pray. I hope that, that you, you hear from the Lord. But what I believe in this next year is I want to know God. Like Paul said, I want to know him. Not just in an intellectual, religious way, but knowing his heart. Knowing like those of you that are a parent, when your kid is around 14 other kids and they go, ah, and you go, that's my kid. I know him. For you ladies, how you know your husband and how he's going to act before he's going to act, you know him. I want to know God that way. And I believe that as we know him, again, not in a religious way, but I'm talking about relational knowing. You hear his voice. You know what he's asking you to do. You know his heart. And I believe when we do that this year, this year will be, you will be transformed. Now, let me just say this. Transformed is not a little change, right? It, transformation, it actually means a thorough or dramatic change in form or appearance. In the Bible, the word transformation, when it's talking about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, the word in the Greek is a metamorphosis in your life. 
it's, it's, it's the epitome of a caterpillar becoming the butterfly. And I think that that's significant because some of us, right, it's time for us to soar. It's time for us to step into what God has for us. It's time for dreams to become a reality. Are you here on 2023? It's time for you to see things that God has for you. It's time for you to walk in the things that you have been praying for. Come on, I know it's, it's, it's damp outside, but come on, the life of God is in here. We can say a good amen. I've been busy this week. My throat is tired, but I'm here and I'm going to give it my all. Can I expect the same from you this morning? Can you say a good amen? Come on, let's, let's change the atmosphere in this room. We need to start preparing for what we've been praying about this year. And I believe that's what I want for my life. I've settled that this year is going to be a total transformation year for me. Spirit, soul, and body. If God has it and he said that I can have it, I want to walk in it. Am I in the right church today? A metamorphosis. And so I'm believing that at the end of 2023, this transformation, you're going to be more conformed into the image of Christ so that you may not even recognize yourself. And so that at the end of 2023, you may not even have the same friends because they just can't hang with you anymore because you're so different. And I'm not talking about a bad or religious different. I'm talking about you're being conformed so much to Jesus that you become an influencer, a difference maker in your life. And you just see life on a whole different pedestal or perspective. But I believe if we're going to step into this, we're going to have to make God our priority. I say it every year because it's the truth every year. This will be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. Everybody say spiritually. And I know we're all setting goals. I love that. I think it's important. But today I want to dive a little bit deeper. And I've entitled today The Power of Priority. And I want to ask you a question. When you think about priorities, what are your top priorities? What are the things that you value? Let me ask you a question. What do I get when I'm in relationship with you? What kind of person do I get? Do I get a person who says they're going to be there, but then doesn't show up and doesn't have enough common courtesy to even text to say that they're not coming? Don't look at the person next to you. I'm not trying to talk to anybody. I'm just saying I've been there where... I'm like, wow, you don't even value my time. You don't even value your time enough to plan ahead. What, do you, what are your priorities? What do you value? If I were to ask you today, and I think it's a good thought, when you go home, what, seriously, if you were to make a list, what are your five top priorities? Because what we're going to do in this, in this Luke chapter 10, verse 38, we're going to study two women and what you're going to see is one has an incredible priority, the other one doesn't. And we're going to look at some characteristics of what happens when you lose sight of the proper priorities. Have you found Luke chapter 10, verse 38? It says, now when it happened, they, they is the disciples of Jesus, they went with he and he is Jesus. Now it went and it happened as they went that he entered Jesus into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha. Everybody say Martha. 
Martha welcomed him into her house. How many of you think that's good? Jesus knocks on the door and you answer, hey, what's up? Come on in. It's good. Martha's doing good. He invites, you know, the Bible says that behold, he stands at the door of our hearts and he knocks. He doesn't kick doors down. And if we will open that door, he will come in with us. He will fellowship with us. So she invites him in her house. Verse 39. And she had a sister named Mary. Everybody say Mary who also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Everybody say serving. She wanted to win the Passion Life Church Award for the year, Dream Team Member of the Year. So she was distracted with much serving. And she approached him, who's him, Jesus. And she said, Lord, do you not care? That my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus said to her, I don't know how you think Jesus talks. I think he kind of talks like this. Martha. Martha. You are worried about and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part. Everybody say good part. Which will not be taken away from her. Lord, we thank you for your word. Speak to us by your spirit, by your word today. I thank you we have good, our hearts are good ground to hear what you have to say. If you know something about God, God is a God of priorities. You can look at Genesis. Look at Genesis on how he created the earth. He didn't snap his fingers. He actually, what he did was he went in stages and steps. And here was his priority. God's had a priority in creation. He was to bring order into chaos. Right? There was darkness. And how did he do that? He did that by prioritizing things. See, our lives right now, your life, it may seem even still chaotic. And what I've noticed is the more chaotic my life is, the more my priorities need to be important. Can I hear a good amen today? This is how he created the earth. He had priorities. He brought order into chaos. A hospital. If you walk into a hospital, a hospital knows that a person can lose their life if they don't prioritize the right patients. If you were to walk in and you had a broken arm, you could look around the ER and nobody could be there. And you're like, yes, I'm going in next. And then they don't call your name because all of a sudden somebody walks in holding their chest, right? And somebody's bringing them in and they're entering into cardiac arrest, right? They're having a heart attack and you're sitting there going, okay. And they call that person back. Why? It is a priority that if they don't take care of somebody who cannot breathe or is having heart problems, they could die. And even though your arm is hurting, even though you were up next, the hospital is not a first come first serve. It's a priority because they understand that people's lives are at stake. And you say, Phil, I think you're being a little bit dramatic. I'm not being dramatic because I just want to say this for a lot of you, your life is going to depend on your priorities. Your quality of life is going to depend on your priorities. Can I hear a good amen today? I looked up this word priority. I think it's interesting because it's taken from the Latin word prioritas. And it means simply this. First things first. First things first. It means earlier in time. 
Earlier in occurrence, it means something that goes forward in rank or privilege. It means being given special attention. It means first in order of importance and urgency. Now, here's what our priorities reveal. And here's the truth. We all have them. Whether your priorities are strategic, right? Whether you have set priorities, we all have priorities. Now, as I was thinking of this and just writing some notes down, I began to kind of look at my life and asking myself this question. And I thought, you know, if we are seriously to look at our life right now here today as we sit in the first day of the year and we go, I'm just not happy with where my life is at. Do you know that our life today is a result of our past priorities? All right, I'm gonna try this side over here. Do you know that today we're sitting in the results of what we have prioritized in the past? Now, we may not want to admit it, but I'm just trying to show you the importance of priority. Robert J. McLean said this, the reason most major goals are not achieved is that we spend our time doing second things first. Second things first. Now, in Luke chapter 10, This is an interesting story because Jesus is visiting Mary and Martha's house. So Mary and Martha are sisters. They have a brother named Lazarus. Do you remember Lazarus? Jesus raised him from the dead. And Jesus knocks on the door. Martha receives him in. And Jesus starts teaching. Now, this this is important. And Mary just starts sitting at Jesus' feet. My church family, this is one of the things that you will see about Mary. I think every time that Mary, this is not Mary, the mother of Jesus, every time she's mentioned in the Bible, she's at Jesus's feet. When Jesus comes to Lazarus's tomb, Mary goes right to Jesus's feet. There's another time where they're sitting Lazarus. He'd been raised from the dead, Martha, and there's Mary and they're eating and she just takes out perfume and she just pours it on Jesus and she gets down on her knees and starts rubbing his feet with her hair and drying the perfume. Mary, this is what she does. She is a worshiper and I I, I love Mary. Now I'm going to tell you something else. I like Martha too. Martha is serving. There's nothing wrong with serving. Actually, you know, the Bible tells us to serve. Serving is good. You know, it's one of the ways that we become like Jesus. Every single one of us should be serving in God's house. You should be using the gifts that God gave you and giving them back to him by serving in his house. And I have no apologies by saying that because when we ask people to serve, here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm giving you an opportunity to be more like Jesus. Why? Because he is not just a king. He is not just a savior. He is a servant king. He is a servant Savior. And when you truly develop the characteristics of Jesus, then you will serve. This is why, as a pastor for 30 years, I can track people's growth in their spirituality, if you want to use that word. Number one, church attendance. I, listen, I, you can say what you want about church attendance, but I have watched in 30 years people who are on track. I have some friends right now. Man, my, my wife and I just grieve. They used to come to our church. They were good friends. But guess what? 
little by little, they stopped coming to church. And they said with their own mouth, because after they started just getting away from church, little things here and there, they started having problems in their marriage. And they said, when we were in church, things were good. Hmm. You know why? Because you're sitting under the counsel of the word of God. It's a priority. In my church family today, they're not married. The woman is on drugs. It's hard. So I'm not saying that to make any funny, anybody feel guilty. What I'm saying is that, number one, you show up to church. But number two, people who serve are people who are growing. And they're becoming more like Jesus. That's why he asks us to do that. So Martha is serving. Serving is good. The Bible says the greatest in the kingdom are those who serve. Everybody say serve. So we should be serving in God's house. It helps us to become more like Jesus. Let me say this. Martha is a leader. She's looking at guests in her house. She has Jesus. She has the disciples, right? Let's just say 12, 13, and then you know, with her and, and Lazarus and, 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 her, and her sister, maybe 16 people in the house. She's trying to anticipate people's needs. I like Martha. She's a leader. But there's a tension in this house. And I think that this tension comes to you and I as well. And the tension is, how do we respond to Jesus's presence? Well, here's number one, if you're taking notes, if you're not taking notes, write this down. If you are taking notes, write this down. Number one, the right priority will always give you the right perspective. So Mary, here's her response to Jesus' presence. She sits down and she starts pressing in. Jesus is teaching. One translation says that he's there teaching. So she's sitting there, and one translation says, like, she's hanging on, it, um, on every word. Man, she's feeding on, on what Jesus is saying, pressing into his presence. It's simple for Mary. Jesus is her priority, plain and simple. Doesn't matter who's around. Doesn't matter if people are eating. It doesn't matter people's opinions. Her priority is Jesus. Let me say it this way. Mary is focused on Jesus's presence over her problems. What do I mean by that? I mean that you could have some challenges having so many people in your house. What are they going to eat? What are they, what are they thinking? Right? She's not concerned about that. She's concerned about hearing the word of God. My church family, she's about to have another problem because in the middle, I want you to picture this. You're in your house. There's family. Jesus is in your house with the disciples. Mary's going to have another problem. Her own sister is going to call her out in front of the guest. Her sister is going to go to the guest of honor and talk bad about her. That guest of honor is Jesus. Martha is going to go to Jesus and call out her sister. That's the problem. That's embarrassing. That's really embarrassing. But let me just say this. The right priority gives you the right perspective. See, when the presence of Jesus is your priority, it changes the way you see your problems. No problem is bigger than our God. So watch this. And I'm talking about priorities today. Some people, not you all, because you came to church today. Some people, here's number one priority. 2023, I got to fix Watch this, my problems. I gotta fix them. You go, boy. 
I'm glad you're taking responsibility for your problems, but there's something more important than your problems, and it's called the presence of Jesus. When he's in the room and he's your priorities, the problems will fade. But watch, because we prioritize our problems, right? We get up in the morning and the first thing we think about is, oh, man, I got to fix these problems. What do we do? We magnify the problem. We make the problem big. Why? Because what you prioritize, you magnify in your life. So what we do is because we have the wrong priority, we magnify our problems and guess what happens? We have the wrong perspective about God's presence because wow, we have a big problem, but you know what? We have a God who has little power. And in my church family, he doesn't have little power. The problem is we have the wrong priority. But when you get up in the morning and your priority is the presence of God, you magnify God. Can you make God any bigger? No, but you can make him bigger in your life by prioritizing him. And when you begin to prioritize him, guess what? The problems look smaller because you go, all things are possible with him and his presence Come on, somebody say priority. You know, if you have the wrong priority, it'll lead you to the wrong conclusion. The right priority will give you the right perspective. Watch this. I really want you to get this. Jesus is in Mary and Martha's house. Out of all the things that Jesus could be doing, how many know Jesus was busy? He had a cross he had to get to. He spent time at their house. And he's teaching. His teaching is like gold, man. It's better than what anything that Albert Einstein would say. is Jesus in the house. And Martha is distracted by, she's counting, okay, how many slices of pizza am I going to have to, okay, so I got 16, and then I got, okay, and, and who's going to help me take this stuff out of the oven? And you know what, I forgot to empty the dishwasher, and I got to empty that dishwasher. And oh, oh, What? Mary, you're sitting while I'm working? What? What? What's, what, what's going on? Martha's thinking about what she has to do, how many people she has to feed. Let me say it this way. Her priority is influencing how she sees everything else. Your values influence how you see everything else. Watch this. Here, are you ready? Martha's priority is work over worship. Here's the tension. Is work bad? No, actually work is great. Actually work is part of your worship. Do you know that? Do you know that when God created Adam, he gave Adam a job before he gave Adam a wife? We are supposed to work. You know, the Bible says that if we don't work, we don't eat that work is good. A lot of us, a lot of us, including uh, us males, like we find fulfillment in getting the tasks done. I like Martha a lot because I'm a task-oriented pe- person. I like seeing things get done. Anybody with me? Anybody agree on that? I'm a little type A on, on that kind of stuff, right? Work is good. We need to have a job. There's a whole book in the Bible called Job. I know you say Job, I say Job. You say tomato, I say tomato. Work is good. 
but worship is better. Because if you work without worship, you get a Martha. When you work without putting worship first, you get irritated like Martha. Here's number two. The right priority sets the right expectation. One of the biggest frustrations for people is unmet expectations. Because Martha is not focused on, on Jesus. Watch this. Listen, everybody look at me. Because Martha's not, has, doesn't have the right priority, she thinks Mary's her problem. Now watch. Mary is focused on the internal. She's sitting in front of Jesus, feeding on his every word, pressing into his presence. I need that peace. I need that joy that you have. Mm. And all of us have it. It's a fruit of the spirit. We just don't press into it. We just don't connect to it every day. Watch this. Mary is focusing on the internal. Martha is focusing on the external. What needs to be clean? Hey, that you... Drop that little thing, glass of wine. I need to clean that up. Everything external is her priority. My church family, because of this, there's a couple of dominoes that start to fall. And the whole reason I'm preaching this today is because I've been here. I like Martha. I tend to be more like Martha than I do Mary. I've had to learn it's very hard for me to sit down. Even though the Bible says be, sit, be still and know that he's God, I have oftentimes put work over worship and I turn out like Martha. And I wanna help you so in 2023, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at some of the things that she, she's exhibiting, some of the behavior traits, and I wanna see if you identify with them. Because if you do, it means, it doesn't mean that you're not a great worker, it just may mean that you have the wrong priority. Because what happens is when you become a worshiper like Mary, the worship makes the work work. I will say that again. When you put worship before your work, then the worship makes the work work. Now I have the strength to do what needs to be done. So look at this. Now, because she's distracted, has the wrong priority, she thinks Mary is her problem. My church family, this is so dangerous when we expect people to fulfill roles in our life that only God can fulfill. Phil, come on. You know, we're just talking about cleaning the kitchen here, right? Come on, use some Fabuloso. You know, use some Febreze. Is that what we're talking about here? Actually, we're not. Actually, this is a little bit deeper because Martha is now calling out Mary for not helping. Look, how do I know? Luke 10, 41, we read it. And Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, Martha is so distracted that Jesus has to call her name twice. Martha, Martha, watch this. You're troubled about many things. It's not just a situation. You're bringing everything that is not dealt with in your life and you're pointing it to one person, Mary, and you think Mary is your problem. I hate my boss at work. They're just a bleep, 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 bleep. I wonder if that's the real problem. I wonder if maybe that's not even the problem. I wonder if you're troubled about many things, right? Watch, I had somebody tell, it's so funny to me how sometimes I'm not sure what to share 
and then I know this story, and this happens in my life. I had somebody tell me this week during the whole Christmas thing, blah, 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 right? They were, like, just, like, eating at me and eating at me, and then they, you know, I was just trying to respond like Jesus would respond, you know, people are watching or whatever, and then they said this to me. I don't even know if you're the one I'm supposed to be mad at. That's because you're troubled about many things. And now you're almost ruining our relationship because you haven't handled what needs to be handled. But you think I'm the problem. You're getting this? Now watch this. Look what Jesus says. Martha, it's not just about this moment. You got other things that are left undone. Right? He says this, but one thing, everybody say one thing. One thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part that will not be taken away from her. In other words, Jesus is saying this, I'm going to explain this in just a moment. He says, what she's doing is right, and I'm not going to take this moment away from her to go tell her to work with you. And you're not going to throw your dysfunction and everything and all your chaos that you're bringing into this situation onto her. She's actually doing what's right. Mary, listen, Martha is calling her sister, Martha calling her sister out was only a symptom of a greater problem. Martha was distracted. She's working and she's working a lot. And watch this. Martha Martha was focused on the work of the Lord, but wasn't focused on the Lord of the work. Say that again. She was focused on the work of the Lord. This is religion. Got to get everything right. Do it. My my cabinet's clean. My church family. Jesus didn't come over to Martha's house to see if the dishes were done. Jesus loved to come to Martha's house, and you will see that it's really because of Mary. He had a worshiper, somebody that would lay at his feet all the time and draw from him. Jesus always went where people would draw from him. That's why the religious people hated Jesus, because he hung out with sinners, because the religious people didn't want to draw anything from Jesus because they felt like they were perfect. They kept the law. So they got nothing from Jesus. They were actually the ones who wanted him crucified. But you get people like Zacchaeus who would climb a tree just to see Jesus. And he's like, I see you seeing me. I'm coming to your house. I love that. And one transaction with Zacchaeus, he says, I'm going to repay everybody that I stole. Jesus loved people who would draw from him. He didn't come to their house to make sure that the floors were clean. Are you still here this morning? So I want to break this down even more if I can for a moment. The right priority leads to the right perspective, but the wrong priority leads to the wrong perspective. Here we go. Because Martha didn't have the right, because she didn't prioritize Jesus. Watch this. She thinks Jesus doesn't care about her. I'm over here, I'm working. God, I'm tired. You know, man, life has been hard. I'm doing this. Don't you even care. I'm not trying to be heavy this morning, but I've been here. I'm gonna say it a different way. She's criticizing the son of God. And this is crazy to me. And I'm not trying to be Dr. Phil today. I'm just being Pastor Phil. Because she's saying, don't you care and the Prince of Peace is in her house. She's looking at Jesus. He could have been anywhere. He's visiting her. There's a, you want to, let's use spiritual. There's a divine visitation at her house. And she's like, you don't care. Why? 
because she's distracted. Watch this. I'm sharing to you what I feel like the Lord gives me. She's focused on the external. Let's say that. But the external's good. Everybody's peaceful. Jesus is sharing. The disciples aren't running around going like, hey, you know what? What are the LA Chargers? You know, what's the score? What? They're all, every, everything's peaceful. Listen, my church family, everything, even external, is peaceful. She's not peaceful internally. So her response to the external world is from the internal, which my church family is the truth of what the Bible says, that out of your heart flows the issues of your life. And if this isn't good, it doesn't matter what's going on outside. But let me say this, when this is good and this is peace and joy, it doesn't matter what's coming against you. Come on, somebody this morning. I'm preaching better than you're reacting. You don't care about me. She's mad at God. Mary won't help me. Martha, Martha. There's so much help in this room and his name is Jesus. He's the help that you need. And Jesus actually tells us in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, come to me, all of you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, and I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find, what is that word? When life gets chaotic and you're tired and you're exhausted, I want to ask you this question. Is it his yoke that you're under? Because his yoke is light. His yoke is burden, and you will find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Because Martha didn't prioritize Jesus, listen. All right, here you go. She's experiencing anxiety. Jesus says you're troubled. That word trouble actually in the Greek means you're disturbed on the inside. You're disturbed. Why? Because she has many cares. She has so many cares, she thinks Jesus doesn't care about her. I don't know, that's kind of profound to me, I think. She's overwhelmed with so many cares, now she thinks Jesus doesn't care. Now, because Martha didn't prioritize Jesus, she's fighting with a person instead of dealing with her own life. You know what I've learned? Sometimes... I'm the grunt of somebody else's cares and anxiety, and it had nothing to do with me. I think I'm mature enough to know. I've I've learned this by this. Instead of, it's easy to push off on other people. Martha's praying the wrong prayers because she distracted. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, can you just please change my sister Mary? Oh, my goodness, Jesus, please, please, please change Mary. Hey, Martha, it's not Mary that needs to be changed is you. It's you. And Martha values her work over her worship, but it's the worship that makes everything else in your life work. I want to say it again. Work is not wrong, but worship-empowered work will take your life to the next level. Can I hear a good amen? 
can I tell you something? Martha was distracted. Everybody look at me this morning. Your greatest temptation in 2023 is not for you to walk out of your marriage. Watch, your greatest temptation in 2023 is not for you to rob a 7-Eleven. Watch this. Your greatest temptation this year is to and will be get disconnected from the word of God. That's what happens to my friends. They never thought that it would affect their family, their marriage. She would be on drugs. What was it? Little by little, they stopped sitting under the word. They got disconnected from the word of God and then their life. It wasn't the drugs first. It was the disconnection, not sitting under the word of God. Are you still here this morning? Now, all of the things that Martha I'm not trying to pick on her today. I'm trying to learn from her. But all the things that she's going through, listen, anxiety, frustration, trouble, it's not from the devil attacking her. It's because Martha has the wrong priority. It's not the devil. Nope. It's her priorities. Now, the Wrong priorities can open the door to the enemy. Come on, can I hear a good amen today? But her fatigue, her tiredness, all of those things are simply because she doesn't know the power of priority. Luke 10, 41, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. So here, as we come to a close, Can I give you a little bit of warning from Martha's life? It's possible in 2023 to do everything except the one thing that's needed. And that's how you will end up. Martha is doing everything but not doing the one thing. Here's what I have found, my church family. I have found I struggle the most when I make optional What Jesus says is necessary. Jesus says to Martha, this one thing is necessary. What is the one thing? Martha's so concerned about what everybody else is eating, are going to eat, how they're going to feed, that she totally doesn't understand that everybody in the room is sitting down and they're already eating from the bread of life. That that man that is standing, 100% man, 100% God, that is in her living room, fed 5,000 people. 16 people isn't a big deal, Jimmy. 16 people, 5,000. The man that's in her room took five loaves and two fishes and fed multitudes. What she didn't realize, what Jesus was saying, is that you're thinking about a meal for everybody, but you're not eating yourself. And what Mary is eating, the one thing that she's doing, is listening to my word, feeding on my word. It's the one thing that changes everything. And you can, in 2023, do everything but the one thing, and you will come to the end of 2023 going, oh man, I just barely made it through. 
God, where are you? He wants us to feed on him. He's the bread of life. He told us, he says, my words are life to you. But we don't prioritize where the power comes from. I want to close. I want to say this to you, though. What Martha prioritized didn't have the power to make her life better. I want to ask you that. The things that you've prioritized this last year, has it made your life better? Why don't we prioritize peace, the Prince of Peace? Why don't we prioritize his joy? My church family, the only place it comes from is his presence. Can I hear a good amen today? And his presence, just like Jesus was in their house, is in the house. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And his presence is within you internally. So it doesn't matter what's happening externally. You have what it takes to make it through and have a breakthrough. And I just want to end by complimenting Mary. Mary's being called out by her sister. Can anybody tell me, what, what, is, what does Mary say? What is Mary's response in this? Anybody, what, what, what does Mary say? What does Mary say to all this? Nothing. You've heard this message before then, I guess. Mary says nothing. You know why? Guess who responds for her? Jesus becomes her defender. You know what that tells me? If I have the right priorities, I don't have to show up to every battle that I'm invited to. That when Jesus is my priority, I don't have to show up to every argument that I am being provoked to because I have a defender and his name is Jesus. So I don't got to get into all the mess. I don't got to get into all that. I just got to keep my priority in Jesus because the Bible says, if God be for you, who can be against you? But what we want to do is that we, listen, we want to get in and we want to fight and we want to ask, where's God? She doesn't, I want you to know something. Mary is is at total peace. She's sitting there and her world is starting to spin. Her sister is calling her out and she's totally at rest and Jesus is fighting her battle. Come on, you can give him a good round of applause today. Mary would sit at his feet. Here's number three and the last one for today. There's a promise attached to the right priority. Something happens when Jesus becomes your number one priority, when you put your worship over everything else. You know, one of the things that happens is your priority becomes his priority. I mean, his priority becomes your priority. But I want to I read this scripture to you in light of everything that we said. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Here's the promise attached to the right priority. But seek first, that's a priority, the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, watch this, and all these things will be added unto you. If your first priority is adding to yourself, you have the wrong priority. But seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. The word add in the Greek means God will increase you. It means this, to join to. 
So here's, here's my focus. My, here's my work. Here's what I got to focus on. Eliminating distractions, keeping him number one. The Bible says he will join people to my life, the right people, friends, the right friends, the right clients for my business. Here's what I do. I just, I'm just, that's focus. Not even this, focus. Um, he's my priority. He will add to my life. He will add. One of the Greek definitions is beside you. He will bring people alongside you if you will just focus. So Mary chose the one thing that affected everything and changed everything. Martha was trying to do everything and miss the one thing, and she was unfulfilled. I want to issue a challenge this morning, and we're going to pray. But before I do that, I think sometimes we buy into what the world says so much about things and life. You hear people say, someone passed away, and they'll say, well, you know, it was their time. must have been their time. It was their time. I don't want to get on that plane. What if it's my time? I don't know. What if you get on the plane and it's the pilot's time? It's my time. And we say things like that, and it's not even scriptural. You know, the Bible talks about that God, with the right priorities, will add days to your life. It says this, Proverbs 3.1, My son, forget not my law or teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life worth, worth living. That's a quality of life and tranquility inward and outward, inward and outward, and continuing through old age until death. These shall I add to you. So it is possible that people die before their time simply because they just didn't honor God. And God says, here's the promise that I give you if I'm your priority. If I'm number one, I'll add things to your life. You won't have to worry about all the details. I'll strengthen your life. I'll give length to your life if you'll honor me. So here's what I want to do. For our church, for my life, I'm going to issue a challenge. This is not for everybody. Again, I know not everybody's interested in, you know, having God first. Some of you will be like, Pastor Phil, I need to pray about this. Okay, pray. God, do you want me to put you first? <laughs> so some people it's not, but I'm going to issue this anyway. I'm calling this the 60-day transformation challenge. 60 days. And here's what I'm going to challenge you. Number one, to put God first every day. What does that mean? Before you check the weather on your phone, you worship. I'm, I'm, I'm very serious. Before you take out your phone and go, hey, who's on Facebook? What's going on? Because some of you, you check the weather and you're already depressed. Come on now. Don't shout me down because I'm talking about you. So before you even look at the weather, you're going to pop up a scripture. You're going to take two or three minutes, the first of the day, even if that means before your feet touch the ground, you're going to stop and you're going to take two or three minutes. Before you work, you're going to worship. Right? First of every day. The first day of every week is Sunday. I'm going to challenge you for the next 60 days 
to be in God's house. Don't miss a service. Stop the excuses and be in God's house. I'm tired. I know. I'm tired too. We'll rest when we die. Come on, somebody. We need each other. And the Bible says it's a command not to neglect coming together. Can I just give you a little pastoral advice? 30 years of pastoring, most, almost 99% of the people who are sitting under the counsel of the word of God on Sundays, I'm not counseling them during the week. I would say 99% of the people I'm doing counseling with outside of church are people who are not coming to church. Why? You are getting the counsel right here. Can I, I mean, doesn't that, it's just common sense. So prioritize it. Prioritize. First every day, Sunday is the first day of the week. I'm going to give you God first day of the week. I'm going to worship before the week. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to have a better week. Can I hear a good amen? 60-day transformational challenge. Don't miss the service. If you got to come in your PJs, come in your PJs. Here's number three. And the last one. Put God first in your finances. Give the first fruits of all your increase to God through his house. Give and start tithing. Give him first. Here's what I believe is going to happen. For those of you that will accept this and take this seriously, I, I'm, I'm taking it very seriously. I, I, for me, I want a total transformation in my life this year. Total. Spiritually, mentally, I just, I want I, I to get there. For those of you that will do this, and you put things, put him first, many of you are going to see a surge in your strength. Many of you are going to see anxiety are going to go. Many of you are going to look back and go, I don't even know how I went through that, and, and look at me. I believe this. When you take these three things and you start to do them, here's what happens. You get better, and guess what happens when you get better? Your marriage gets better. Your family gets better. You walk into work better, and work will get better. And it doesn't matter what's going on at work. You're better. Can I hear a good amen today? And I'm believing, especially for this one financially, I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it. Many of you, if you'll take this and honor God and start tithing, you're going to see debts canceled. You're going to see checks in the mail that come that you don't know. And I'm just telling you, I don't say this publicly, but during Christmas, uh, my wife and I are 100% God first, putting all our finances into Christmas Eve, doing everything we can. I got an email from somebody said, Hey, God laid it on our heart. We're sending you a check. Received a check for $2,000. Merry Christmas, Phil and Val, straight from the Lord. I didn't earn it. All as I did was I just put God's first. And Merry Christmas, baby Jesus. I don't, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying God watches over who prioritizes him. First in your finances. For some of you, when you start to do this, I really believe this because I feel like the Lord, you're going to be promoted into positions that you don't have degrees for. I've seen it. I know people. My brother, he's in positions that got promoted, works for Kaiser 20 times. He, he's a, he puts his worship over his work. And guess what? It makes the work work. 
But you know what we want to do? We want to be like Martha and do everything. And yet we forget the one thing. I believe new clients will come to you supernaturally. That you don't have to be putting out your business card. God will start to join people to your life supernaturally when you understand the power of priority. And I want to issue that to you today. 60-day transformational challenge. Tomorrow when you get up, you worship first. Next Sunday, Rex Crane, you're going to be here. It's a miracle Sunday. Well, you know, we had, come on. You got a priority. You have priorities. Watch what God will do, my church family. Watch what God will do. Did you receive today's message? Would you give him a great round of applause? Would you stand today? Oh, no, you can sit. You can sit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You sit. You can sit. I apologize. We still have to do one more thing, but. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. I know it went a little long today, but I, I feel like, man, this is, this is what we need. Would you bow your heads and let's pray. Father, we thank you and we honor you today. Lord, and I pray, like I've already prayed, forgive me for having the wrong priority. Forgive me for times in my life making you second and making you third and expecting everything to work. I want to worship before I work. I want the Lord of the work and not being invested just in the work for the Lord. Because God, I love you. And if I love you, that means I have to prioritize you first. And that's what we do today. We honor you today. We thank you for your strength. Today we receive strength for this week. We receive strength today, God. We receive your healing. Right now, even in our minds, we place you first. Help us with this challenge for the next 60 days. May this be the best year we've ever seen yet because you are first in our life. We know that you are faithful. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said? Come on, and everybody said? Amen, amen. Come on, give him a good round of applause for his word. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.